0: My name is Mary. I grew up in a home where there was a lot of um, abuse going on. There was a lot of violence. And um, I started to just really question God's existence um, growing up because every day I was in a place where I was constantly told that I was never good enough, that I was undeserving of love. My personality that I thought that I was supposed to be of somebody who's talkative and outgoing was quickly shut down into somebody who was very timid and very quiet. I was constantly bullied, and it was something that people would constantly be putting me down, but I grew up in a home where that was so common that I just thought that there was obviously something wrong with me. If I wasn't loved at home, then how could other people love me when I was going to school? I remember being in a classroom, and one of the girls who was a girl who really hated me for some reason. She came and she pulled the chair out from under me. And I just remember everybody laughing. And I just kind of reached this breaking point of that I was done, that I didn't wanna deal with this anymore. Um, So that's how I became a 15 year old high school dropout. I went into a very dark and deep state of depression. Um, I was constantly going to my doctor's office probably every month, um, and I'd have to fill out the charts that would, um, you know, say, how depressed are you today? How anxious are you? You know, like on a scale of one to 10, how suicidal are you today? And just this overwhelming feeling that I was never going to get out of this rut and out of this pit that I was in. I wanted to be somebody who loved God and wanted to be, in church and on the other side of it. I just wanted to give up all hope. Four years after I had dropped out of high school, I came to Freedom Session. It was kind of my last straw at this point of, God, I need you to show up for me. And I just remember him speaking to me that God was giving me this little bit of hope that there was going to be something on the other side of this all. Um, After I had graduated from Freedom Session, I had signed up to go to night school to get my high school degree. Everybody in that room looked completely different, Um, all ages, all walks of life. And the teacher is standing there. He stood up at the front of the room and he said, I don't know why I need to say this, but I have this feeling that, that somebody here needs to be told that it's never too late to start and that you are not alone here on this journey. I just knew in that moment that God personally saw me. It's never too late to start the things that we're too scared to do because of the lies that we've let the enemy put in us for so many years. Just looking back through where I was before and to where I am now in my life, it's just unimaginable. Um, When I look at it, it's almost like I'm looking at a completely different person. I'm just so excited to see where God is going to be leading me um, in these next coming years.
1: Well, that was excellent. My wife is sitting next to me going, this is good. This is good. This is really good. Mary, thank you for sharing uh, part of your story The reality is that um, if you cling to the Lord, you can become an overcomer in what you're battling and maybe what you've kind of faced with in your life that maybe you had control or didn't have control over. Uh, If you cling to Jesus, you can get through it, you can get over it, and you can actually um, learn from it and become stronger. Amen? And the reality is it's not just uh, Mary that's an overcomer. I think many people um, in this gathering online and in person, you are more of an overcomer than you realize. If you really stop and think about some of the things that happened in your past and in generations before you and some of the hardships that you did not give up faith and you pressed into God, you're probably more of an overcomer than you give yourself credit for. And I want to thank you for pressing and not giving up. It's easy to say, well, this is horrible, this is hard, so I'm just going to go sideways. But you're an overcomer, and I think that's incredible. Um, listen, when you, um, or at least when I came to the Lord, I didn't say, you know, Lord, I'll serve you as long as there's no pandemic, <laughs> right? I mean, when I serve the Lord, I actually came to the Lord, I said, God, I'm gonna serve you no matter what the future holds. There's something powerful about saying, God, no matter what the future holds, I'm gonna serve you with my life. Um, and God didn't say to me, I'll be with you during the good times. He said, I'll be with you always, <laughs> And I am so glad that God is with me during this time in my life. Aren't you? I mean, think about that. I love that God's with me during the good times, but I really appreciate that God's with me during the trying days of my life. I'm glad that God did not call me to be the director of the health department in Thurston County or the, or the governor or the president. Being a pastor is hard enough. Um, there's opinions everywhere, and I have opinions too. Um, like a lot of you, sometimes I just go, you know what? My opinion here doesn't matter. I have to decide where is a moment where I'm going to speak what I believe and I think and, and I feel or my preferences. And other times I have to no, Lord, Lord, that's just my opinion. Um, and that's hard to know sometimes in life. Um, the reality is um, it's discouraging to hear the pandemics going backwards, isn't it? It's just frustrating. You see the numbers, and you see things people are saying, and, and I have medical professional friends of mine who are saying things are getting blown out of proportion. I'm like, of course they are. It's called the American media. That's what we do best That's the American media, right? Um, and yet there's people uh, really sick, and it's a real disease, and, and we're trying so hard to obey the laws of the land, um, to respect you know, legalities and insurance, and also, most importantly, to worship Jesus with our lives. And I'm committed to not lead out of fear, but to lead out of love. Love for people. And so, like, half of our church is watching online, and I'm so grateful we can do that. I went online and saw, like, our gatherings. I saw all the different camera angles, and I saw, like, the lower thirds and the words, and the, but the quality has gone a, a lot further up since we were in March. And I'm just so grateful that what we have, that we have what we have. I gotta be honest, I'm looking at Thanksgiving Day service, I'm looking at Christmas gatherings, I'm going, What are you doing? You can't mess with Christmas. <laughs> I actually said, like, like, last April, at least this didn't happen during the holidays. We'll be all through it by the holidays. Anybody else kind of a happy-go-lucky, you know, idiot right now, you know, feel like that? And then now all of a sudden we're hitting this during the holidays, and it's like, what does this look like? What does this mean? And I'm all for, like, let's go through four to six weeks of just total, you know, hell if we have to to get back to life. But not during this last six weeks of the year, right? I want to see my family. I want to celebrate with my church. I want to honor Jesus. And we've got so much to look forward to and so much planned. And so um, sometimes in life, you just have to hold things loose and say, God, I'm I'm trusting in you. And um, I want to encourage you today. We're not making any announcements about future of gatherings and health department and all that stuff. That will all be coming out this week. So make sure you check online. Um, But what helps me out a lot of times is when I feel sorry for myself or our situation or whatever, I think about other people. I'm like, I'm so glad I don't own a movie theater right now. And I'm really glad I'm not a teacher or a principal or, a, you know, a school superintendent or something right now. And I don't have a business right now that's, you know, possibly going out of business. And so I, I stop sometimes and I think about parents with little kids and I go, that's who I'm praying for. My kids are teenagers, you know. They can kind of handle the online learning thing a little bit easier than little ones. But some of you are watching your five, six, seven year old trying to, to learn in front of a screen, and that's pretty rough. And uh, if you don't have compassion for young families, you should um, because it's kind of a tough year and maybe a tough couple years. And sometimes I've honestly said it, forgive me for it, but I just like God, I just feel like America's getting dumber and dumber and dumber right now, right? Because it's hard to really get as much out of school um, as we want kids to get out of school. And so um, this is a strange time in history, but I've decided, Lord, I'm going to serve you with my life no matter what. The message today, I love the word, the title, it's Regardless. I'm going to serve you with my life regardless of what comes, Lord. Wherever the end comes, wherever my time comes, whatever the circumstances, it doesn't matter. My relationship with God is not based on my circumstances today. It really isn't. Like, like Paul said, listen, I, I, I understand I serve God when I'm rich or poor, when I'm well-fed or not well-fed. I have contentment in my spirit because I found the one whom my soul longs to know and serve. My Savior, my Creator. And uh, I love gathering with our church. I, I, you know, I love what we can do online. I'm not sure what's gonna happen as we move forward, um, but this is really interesting. When we started gathering live together again outside in the summer and then inside, I tell you what, my spirit just lifted. It really did. Like, all you guys online that have been doing this for seven months and you're incredible, I admire you. Like, I needed to be around people. That's kind of how I'm wired. And I'm looking at this going, God, I don't want to go back to that. But I've decided this. If I have to preach online with a handful of people that are helping pull the gatherings together, I'm going to do it with the best attitude I possibly can. (laughs) And if you watch the service and go, Pastor, you're struggling today, but you're trying. You know, (laughs) you might be right. But I I don't think it blesses the Lord or the city around us. Um, when we go forward with a bad attitude. I really wanted to be an example in all circumstances of my life. Amen? And so I hope that you can do that as well. I've decided regardless of what will happen, I will serve the Lord with the best attitude I can. I'm gonna give God my best regardless of how circumstances affect my life. I'm gonna worship the Lord. I'm gonna give to the Lord. I'm gonna serve the Lord. I'm gonna thank the Lord. And you can bet, um, I, I start every Thanksgiving with thanks to God. And uh, whatever this Thanksgiving looks like, it's going to start the same way for me as it does every year. Before, faith, or before football, food, and family, there will be faith at the beginning of all that uh, for me. And I'm going to celebrate Jesus. What's interesting is the disciples in uh, the apostles, actually in Acts chapter 5, you know, they're, they're called in, if you know the story, and they're rebuked and they're like, quit healing people and preaching in Jesus' name. And remember they say to the, the religious leaders of the day, you know, you must judge whether we're going to obey a God or obey you. Um, and they're actually, on their second arrest, they're actually beaten for their faith in Jesus. And it says that they left uh, and they counted it joy that they suffered for the name of Jesus. And I've been thinking about that phrase, counting it all joy. James said, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. And I'm like, I'd just be happy for my neighbor to go through those trials, God. (laughs) Nehemiah, of course, said, do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So I'm choosing joy because I want strength in my life. An absence of joy in the life of a believer equals weakness. And I want to move forward in strength in my life. So I'm choosing joy every day in my life. I'm counting it all joy in my life. Today's text is Daniel chapter 3. If you have a phone or a Bible with you, and uh, you know it, as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I'm going to call it the three amigos today. Is that okay? The three amigos. And, and the three amigos, these guys that stood up to Nebuchadnezzar and wouldn't bow down to his idol, his image, Uh, They were unified. Um, Today, it seems so easy to to not be unified. I was talking to a friend before service. If you like salt and I like pepper, then we're not friends. It's just amazing how easily people, uh, humans, disagree um, in life. And there's chaos and there's noise and there's division. And it's so easy uh, to be distracted by that. I really think the enemy of your soul would love you to be distracted by other things. But our identity is as citizens in heaven, and everything else pales by comparison. Someday I'm going home, and I'm looking forward to that day. These guys, the three amigos, they understood that, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They understood that they, have, uh, they are citizens of heaven, so whatever happens on earth, um, they're going to serve the Lord. So let's pick up uh, verses 1 of Daniel chapter 3. This is what it says. King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon made a gold statue 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide. And he set it up on the plain of Dura in the prince the province of Babylon. He sent messages to the high officers, officials, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and the provincial officials. Doesn't it sound like he could be part of the American bureaucracy called governments? They just have it really well organized. I mean, you know, they've taken over nations, and so they just have all these different layers of government And they set it all up. So these officials came and stood before the statue uh, King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald shouted out, people of all races and nations and languages, listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, uh, bagpipes. When you hear the bass drum kick in. When you hear the electric guitar. I don't know what it would be today. What your instrument would be. Uh, When you hear the kazoo. Bow down to the ground and worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. Anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into the blazing furnace. So this super organized mega government of the world that's that's attacked and, and taken over basically everyone around them, Babylon. They have many races and places because they've taken over all of these people. And they've decided to just get real organized and force everyone to believe what they believe. Often when people get taken over, that's the kind of thing that happens. And it says, if you don't bow down, you'll be thrown into the blazing furnace. Verse 7. So at the sound of the musical instruments, um, all the people, whatever their race or nation or language, bowed to the ground, worshipped the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Imagine with me that you are one of these people... A person who follows God, and you're thrown into this opportunity to worship an idol, and you know the commandments, thou shalt not bow down or worship idols. And you know that your faith, your freedom, your life depends on how you're going to respond to a madman, to an authoritarian, to a king, to a tyrant. What do you do in a moment like that? The reality is trusting God is easy when you have nothing to lose. But they had their very lives to lose in that day. I want to ask this question. Did they really worship the gold statue, the, the, the thousands or hundreds of thousands, the people that were bowing down, did they really worship it? I know that they bowed before it, and that was a form of worship. But I think worship is far more than just bowing down. Worship is far more than moving your lips. Uh, listen, you can stand before God. You can close your eyes. You can raise your hands. You can mouth the words and absolutely not be worshiping the Lord. Am I right? You can be thinking about all the things you got to do today and all the, the preferences or disagreements or the volume, whether you like the song or whether, you know, you got a bad parking spot or, or whether the Seahawks are going to win today. Sometimes Pastor Dave thinks that. I, I pray for him. So... But listen, just your position, your words, your eyes, your hands, it doesn't mean you're worshiping. Worship is an act of your will. Worship is a moment when you stop thinking about yourself and you stop and you and you start honoring God. You start thinking about who God is. It's a decision that someone or something deserves high honor. In that day where the three amigos lived, it was a day filled with a violent authoritarian kings and their idols. And whoever won the battle, everyone had to bow down to their new gods. Aren't you glad that we don't live in that day? So when the music played, everybody hit the deck like an inner city shooting in Chicago, right? Your life depended upon it. Verse 8 of Daniel chapter 3 says this. But some of the astrologers went to the king and they informed on the Jews... And so they begin to say, hey, you set this decree up and the music had to play and everybody's supposed to bow down, verse 12, but there's some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you have put in charge of the prince of Babylon. They pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods and they do not worship the gold statue you have set up. Isn't there a tattletale in every culture at every time in every moment, every neighborhood, every home? Someone's gotta go rat you out. And listen, king, there's some people... And they think they're better than you. What are you going to do about that, King Nebuchadnezzar? By the way, Nebuchadnezzar, isn't that a great name? Most five-syllable names are really hard to pronounce. Nebuchadnezzar just kind of flows, right? So what's going to happen here? Verse 13, Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage. He ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. When they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true? I think it's amazing that he actually gives them a chance to answer the question. I'd be like, my guys told me this, I'm an authoritarian king, you die. But he actually brings it forward and says, is this true? Gives them a chance. Is it true? Um, perhaps because he likes these guys that you refuse to serve my gods or worship the gold statue I've set up. He says, I'll give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I've made so when you hear the musical instruments, but if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then, this is, the, this is where Nebuchadnezzar goes wrong. Are you ready? And then... What God will be able to rescue you from my power? It's one thing for a human to fight with a human. It's a bad idea to pick a fight with God. And then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? He went from fighting humans to opposing the living God. And what happens next is the greatest regardless statement, I believe in the entire Bible. When you make a decision, regardless of my circumstances, regardless of what the future holds, sometimes I actually pray this. Lord, if my church ceased to exist, if all my friends and family died, if the worst possible thing happens, I just want to say out loud for the devil, for demons, for the angels, for God to hear, I will serve you regardless. I've made my decision. I put a pole in the ground. You know, I'm here with you, Lord. And this is the regardless statement I think found in scripture. The guys are like, put in front. It's no longer like everybody's out there and you might not be seen if you don't bow all the way to the ground. Now, no, no. Now you're front and center. Now you're getting direct from the one who can take your life. And the three amigos, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, replied, O oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. Man. There's a couple of times when Jesus' disciples were talking, and one of them got real bold and said, Hey, here's the deal in front of people that had a power to take their life or to harm them. And you can almost see some of the other 12 kind of going, Hey, that's Peter's deal. I'm not, don't, don't put, lump me in with him. But in, in unity, these three men, they look at the king and they say, Listen, um, we don't have to defend ourselves before you. It's almost like Jesus saying, You, you would have no power over me unless it was given to you. To Pilate, I don't have to defend myself before you. And then they said this, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. Undoubtedly, he will rescue us from your power, your majesty, but here we go. But even if he doesn't, we wanna make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you have set up. Our God is able to save us, but even if he doesn't, We're going to serve him anyways. Regardless of what our last day on this planet is, we've decided we're going to serve the Lord. Man, that is powerful. That's regardless. We serve the Lord regardless of what you do to us. Listen, let me say it real clearly. Faith takes guts. It's why so many people have lost their faith. Because it takes guts to be a person of faith. If the Lord doesn't answer a single prayer of mine for the rest of my earthly life, he's already saved my soul. He owes me nothing. Really, he he owes me nothing. Sometimes people have this name it, claim it mentality, but God is in charge, not you. And sometimes you say, Lord, this is what I want, but I will serve you regardless of the outcome. That's maturity in faith. I I love the story. Many of you know Sue Sechrist, and she was battling cancer, had a 12-year battle with cancer. And she came to that point where she made that statement, and others have made this statement, but she said, I, I'm packing two suitcases, one to stay and one to go. And if God heals me, I'll be happy to stay and be with my family, be with my friends, serve and worship the Lord on earth. But if it's time for me to pick up the suitcase to go, I'm okay with going as well. Isn't that a mature way to look at your life? Wow. I've thought about that for years, and I agree wholeheartedly. I'm packing two suitcases, one to stay and one to go. The God I serve is able to heal me from cancer or whatever affliction you face. But even if he does not, even if I go to heaven far earlier than I thought I would, I want you to know I will not turn my back on my God. Listen, if you haven't already prayed a prayer like that or had to make a declaration like that, you probably will in your life. You'll get to some place where you'll say, You know, I'm really hoping the outcome is different than what this person in the white coat with the doctor in front of him is telling me. I'm really hoping that the outcome of this financial decision or this relationship is different than what it looks like where it's going. But I'll serve the Lord regardless. Those are powerful, life-changing moments. Lord, I believe you can save the person I love. I have faith that nothing is beyond you. But even if you don't, I will serve you anyways. Hmm. Verse 19. Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. Anybody have a a parent like that? Uh Uh-oh. They're biting their tongue. You know, their eyes are getting big. You know, mom's going berserk. You You better run, right? Look at this. His face became distorted with rage. He commanded that the, that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. We don't really know what the furnace looked like, whether it was a stone building with windows in it or what. But my guess is that there were seven different um, holes in it, vents in it, maybe around the bottom of this building, um, that they could actually take bellows, you know, like those things that you push air into the fire to put oxygen in there. And my guess is that he said, you know, where those seven people send them out and make them blow more oxygen, and get that fire as hot as it will go. That's probably what happened. Seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered some of the strongest men of the army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their um, Pants, turbans, robes, and their other garments. And because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the men in. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. There have been people who served Jesus throughout history that have been tied to a a piece of wood with a fire set below them. This is historical and accurate, and then people have said to them, recant your faith or we'll light the fire below you. And they said, go ahead and light it. This will be a horrible suffering moment in my life, but it won't change my home. My destiny is heaven. Today's my birthday in heaven. Go ahead and light it. Wow. Incredible. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, tied up. What do you do when you look at each other in the eyes like that? See on the other side? Don't know what's going to happen. We stuck together through the last day of our lives and thrown into the furnace. Verse 21, or verse uh, 24, but suddenly... Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, "'Didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace?' "'Yes, your majesty, we certainly did,' they replied. "'Look,' Nebuchadnezzar shouted, "'I see four men, unbound, walking around the fire, unharmed, "'and the fourth looks like a god.'" Some people think there was an angel in that fire. Some people think it was a Christophany, and there was actually Jesus himself was in the fire. What I know about the Lord is he says, I'll be with you wherever you go. And whatever fire you're faced, whatever fire you're walking through, as long as Jesus is with you, you're going to be okay. You're going to make it through. You may not make it through in this life the way you want, but you're going to be okay. I love that the Lord is with you. You can do anything if the Lord is With you, regardless of what season of life I'm in, regardless of my circumstances, my life is in God's hands. And that's where I want my life to be. He looks like a God, they said. So then verse 26, Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and he shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the most high God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Then the high officers, officials, governors, advisors, all of the government officials saw the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their heads was singed and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell of smoke because sometimes God just needs to show off a little bit. Somebody had a lot of power that day, but it wasn't the earthly king. Somebody opposed the one who has real power, and his eyes were opened that day. Listen, sometimes when polytheistic people, people who worship many gods rather than the one true God, see the power of God, it changes things in them. Do you know that when God does miracles, it's not so much so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego can avoid a torturous death and go live some more years of life. When God does miracles, it's almost always to point others to him. It's not that I get to live a longer life if I get healed of my affliction. God wants to use the miracle to point people to the true miracle, which is salvation. There has even been people who died and they were believers in Jesus and they kind of get yanked away from the, you know, the doorway of heaven so they can come back and the miracle happens. It's not great for that person. But everybody that hears about this woman that was brought back to life, those people are pointed to the Savior. The miracle is to point people to the greater miracle of salvation in Jesus. Wow. Wow. Verse 28, Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's command, and they were willing to die rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Maybe he hadn't seen that much in his people. They were willing to die for their their faith. They defied the king's command and were willing to die. Therefore, I make this decree. If any people, whatever their race, nation, language, or speak a word against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they will be torn limb from limb. Still has some violent ways inside of that man, doesn't he? And their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. There is no other God who can rescue like this. Then the king promoted the three amigos to even higher positions in his government. I think when you decide, you know what, I'm not going to have God be my advisor, my co-pilot, my friend, my spiritual coach. I'm going to just make a decision today. He's Lord of my life. When you make a decision like that, that no matter what tomorrow holds, you're going to cling to to the Lord. It's making a decision today that no no matter what happens tomorrow, my decision today will shape my future. See, when you make a decision to follow Jesus with your life, it answers a whole lot of other questions. Because you live differently. Regardless of my health regardless of my finances regardless of my relationships i will serve the lord even if people in my life turn their backs on god's on, on my god i have a choice and i will serve the lord listen your faith is in your hands you are not a victim of your circumstances you can choose faith when others do not you can live in an anti god culture there was cultures far worse They were citizens of heaven. They submitted to the Lord. They understood that the earth is not my home. I'm a citizen of heaven. The earth was never intended to be my home. Sometimes the earth feels like it's off its axis a little bit. I've been walking around seeing people and talking to people. And some people have actually said to me, Pastor Peter, I don't know. I'll be around, uh, you know, a year from now. We've had people pass away. They didn't get their life celebrated like they should because it was in the middle of a pandemic. Man, everybody should have their life celebrated. Agreed? Everybody's life should be marked and celebrated. I believe that. I've been in so many moments like that. I'm still ticked off that uh, Princess Diana's death like, took over Mother Teresa's, uh, uh, you know, all of the, the, the really what she should have been. She should have been honored, but it happened at the same time. And, and an incredible life was not honored the way it should be. And there's people right now, um, their life's not honored the way it should be. They've had to say goodbye out a window. And that's tough. That's not fair. That's unjust. I don't know what season of life you're in. I don't know how much time you have left. Sometimes trusting God means you have to jump or you have to say, tie me up. Uh, When I get to know the character of God, I understand two things. Number one, he has the power to catch me. If you're a parent and you had a little kid and you know that they climbed up on the bed and they jumped into your arms, they realize you have the power to catch me. And once in a while, those kids jumped when you weren't ready for them, right? That was a bad day, right? But God has the power to catch me. And this is really what they said. If God, for some reason, decides not to catch me in the way I think that he should, I'd still much rather serve him than try to serve myself. Wow. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, God has the power to save us, but even if he doesn't, we will not bow down to worthless idols. My God has the power to save me, to pull me out of the chaos. If he doesn't catch me in the way I expect, I want everyone to know that I'd rather jump and wake up in heaven and spend eternity with my God and those I love than never take the leap of faith and wind up in a Christless eternity, frozen by fear. Listen, if you're not serving the Lord with your life, what better decision than, than to, you could make today than this? You know what? This life will one day be over. And all the stuff that everybody gets all freaked out about is not really going to matter. It's going to matter. What's really going to matter is my relationship with God. And that's one thing i got to make sure is always right. And by the way, that's one thing that nobody else can do for me. And all the circumstances and all the stuff of the world doesn't stop. It's me and the Lord and whether I'm willing to bow my knee And admit he's God. Would you take a moment. And just uh, bow your heads with me. just, Just for a few minutes. I want to challenge you today. To make a decision. And you may have made it many times before. But this word regardless. I think it's important for you to say it. Regardless of my circumstances. Regardless of what the future holds. I place my life. In the hands of the God who created me. In the hands of the Savior who died to take away my sin. Regardless, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, We want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you have set up. We don't need to defend ourselves. People will make their decisions, and you will make your decisions. I want to challenge you today. Would you maybe plant that flag in the ground and say, regardless of what the future holds, I'm going to worship the Lord. I'm going to honor God. I'm going to give to the Lord. I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to thank the Lord. I'm going to celebrate the Lord. Politics, pandemics, Opinions of those around me who agree or disagree, I bow my knee to my Creator and my Savior. And maybe you're here and you are walking through the fires or the floods. And your prayer today is simply this, Lord, as long as you're with me, I'll walk through the fire. I don't want to walk through it without you. But if you're in here with me, that's all I need to know. God is with you. God is for you. If you're here today, and today is a day where you are either cementing, committing, or just declaring to the world around you. Regardless of what the future holds. Come on, some of you, this is a big deal because there's fear creeping in. Regardless of what the future holds, I'm going to serve the Lord with my life. If that's you, would you raise your hand really high? Regardless. Regardless. There's one thing I know. I'm not serving myself. Anybody else? Praise God. Lord, you see all of our hands, you see our hearts in our homes, in this gathering. And Lord, some people are looking at the future of a disease, and they are looking at the future of finances, and they are looking at the opinions of others, and and they're looking at a pandemic or a culture or a climate, God, and they wonder what's going to happen. Even, God, looking at our own weaknesses and our own struggles. But despite our struggles, we will choose to serve you even in those struggles that we face. Even in those fears. And, Lord, if we're walking through fire, if the waters are rising up and it feels like we might drown. Lord, as long as you are with me in the fire. As long as you're with me, God. I know I'm gonna walk through these things. And Lord, I pray not just that we would be able to go forward with you, be willing to jump, knowing you'll catch us, knowing that heaven is our home and we're a citizen of heaven, but God, let us go even a step further. and Let us, God, help us to choose joy as your followers did in the New Testament. When we face trials of many kinds, God, we will choose joy. Lord, when we face suffering and hardship, God, we will count it all joy. We will rejoice. And, Lord, we will not grieve because the joy of the Lord is our strength. God, don't let your church be weak, but let your church be filled with joy and thus strong, powerful, and mighty. Church, the Lord has said it so clearly. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear. I will be with you wherever you go. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence. If God has spoken something very clearly to you uh, in this gathering, would you make sure you share it with somebody else? Would you make sure you write it down somewhere, even take out your phone and write it there? Um, Email yourself. Tell someone. And would you hang on to this word, regardless, regardless of what the future holds, my faith is in him. Amen? Amen. Man, I hope you have an incredible week. You're a person of faith. You're an overcomer. And you that takes guts. And I admire you for it. All right. God bless you. Have an incredible week.